Welcome to the Social Work Your Life podcast with me, Kim Beam. I am an educator, a creative writer, a social worker, a cancer survivor, and so much more. My life experiences, my gut and intuition, they have guided me throughout my journey so far. We are going to navigate this roller coaster of our lives together, finding practical ways to cope. Join me as we learn to trust our intuition and find our joy. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, this is Kim. And today we're going to talk about my student loan issue and um, maybe talk a little bit about how that affects like not just me, but other people too. This is like one of those moments where we have a systemic conversation and we work about, we talk about like how we fit within the system and whether or not the system's actually working for us. Because in this case, I don't think it's working, but that's my opinion. Um, but I have a feeling that my story is not too unlike other people's stories. And if you want to share your story, let me know and we'll get you on and we'll, we'll hear how it has gone for you, or you can send in your questions or send in your comments and I will share those here as well. So my story is this. I went to college in 1994. I graduated in December of 1998 with a double major in middle school and English and then, um, middle school education and an English degree. And then I had a secondary education uh, minor as well. And then I had to get a master's degree within five years because the state of Massachusetts states that you cannot be a certified teacher if you don't have a master's in five. So I went back and I got a master's in creative writing. I didn't want to go for a master's in education because I didn't want to do that again. I already just did that. Um, and it would be the same stuff all over again. And I wanted to learn something different. Um, I also never had any desire to be a principal. So it's not like I needed a master's in education. So I didn't get a master's in education. I got a master's in creative writing and I have an MFA in creative writing. Okay. So then fast forward mm, 20 years. And in 2012, I went back to school for a master's in social work. In between that time, I'm, I was making payments. I was paying off my loans. I was paying the required amount. I was, you know, doing what I was supposed to do to get rid of the loans and I was paying them off as you do. So then I went in and I got my master's in social work and the master's in social work um, graduated in 2014. And when I graduated, I had roughly $65,000 in student loans. Well, fast forward, it's now uh, 2020, I have paid off the equivalent of $75,000. And because of interest and the way things accrue, I now have for what was probably uh 40,000 to $45,000 in loans to begin with, I now have 83,000 that need to be paid off. So I started the public service student loan forgiveness thing for this $80,000 in loans for which I only took out like 20, 40, 60, and then it's accrued um, because of interest. And so I started the public service loan student forgiveness, which people are allowed to do. And seeing as how I've already paid over $75,000 on my $60,000 of loans, I need help. So I started to fill out the, like, the paperwork and I've been doing the thing and I've been doing the loan forgiveness thing and I got seven years, seven and a quarter years completed that had, that the government says you have completed paying off seven and a quarter years of the 10 years. And then there was the special program that came out during the pandemic. And they were like, well, if you worked for any place that was a nonprofit, 
feel free to send us that documentation and we'll take a look at it. And if you were indeed in a nonprofit, we will uh, like add that to your account. So I sent off the documentation that showed that I worked in a school from 2007 until 2012. And I just received my paperwork back that states that I don't qualify, even though all of my paperwork is for qualifying education. I mean, qualifying, um, well, education, like, because I was working in a nonprofit, which is a school, or because I was working in a hospital, or because I was working in a residential treatment facility. So they didn't take the six years I was teaching because of, I'm not really sure why, um, even though it was stated that the public service student loan forgiveness, like opening until November 1st, 2022, would take into account all of the nonprofit you did and whether or not you made qualifying payments during that time. So um, I don't qualify for forgiveness, apparently, um, even though I fall within the parameters of qualifying for forgiveness. And part of that reason is because right now they state I'm not working for a nonprofit full time. You're right. Or even part time. Well, I am working part time for a nonprofit, but I'm working per diem, which means I choose what days I'm working, what days I'm not working, partly because my employer doesn't have openings right now for part time and partly because I'm starting up social worker life and I want to try this other thing. So I'm working over 30 hours a week at a hospital. And they're saying that isn't going to count either because it's per diem and I'm not contracted for 30 hours a week. And I get to choose what days I'm working, what days I'm not working. Oh, and I'm still making payments because I don't trust the government not to come back later on and say, you didn't make payments during these times. So we're not counting, like, even though the, the forgiveness and like the payments are turned off, I don't trust them to come back later and say, oh, because we turned this off during COVID, you now owe this amount of money, even though we forgave you. I'm going to like... I'm making payments still because I don't know what they're going to do, and they have not inspired confidence in me. I took out loans in good faith. Yes, I agree. But the fact that I've paid off $75,000 on the original 65, and I'm still making payments, and I currently have 85000 to go, like, that doesn't make any sense. And so that's what I'm drowning under. And I think there's a number of people who have that same sort of experience where they've been making the payments and they've been doing what they're supposed to do. And then they go into deferment because they either go back to school or in my case, I was doing public service loan. And they also looked at my payments like they looked at my um, income and I'm an income driven repayment program, because if I was to pay off my student loans and just pay them off, it would be a thousand dollars a month. And that's not doable as a person who works in a nonprofit and is making a choice to work in a nonprofit where I could be making $150 to $250 an hour as a therapist, but I'm choosing to be in a hospital and working with individuals in a hospital in a hospital setting and getting paid 40 well, as a per diem, I get paid $40 an hour. As a regular salaried employee, you get paid less than that an hour. So... How do you pay off $1,000 a month <laughs> when you have a condo and a mortgage and you have like, you know, life fees, like food and inflation and all of this snowballs, it all just snowballs. And so I spent some time breathing 
I spend some time like acknowledging how all of this makes me feel and it makes me feel a little powerless and it makes me feel a little hopeless and it makes me feel like you say these things as a government but then you don't do the things that you're saying you do and that's not helpful either and so being lied to or feeling misled or feeling because I'm not currently working as a full-time um, nonprofit you're saying I can't have forgiveness even though I've done 13 years in a nonprofit? Like, it's just super frustrating. And I'm still working in a nonprofit as I speak to you per diem, right? And that also feels frustrating that you as a government, not you as my listener, right? Um, you as a government are like, yeah, that doesn't count either. Even if I give you my W-2s, which I'm going to attempt to do, I will report back, right? And I show that I'm working 35 hours a week in a nonprofit. This is my frustration. I think, I think that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. If there's any confusion, please let me know. So how do I handle this? How do I handle this like ball of like energy that is finances? Because finances and money has its own energy, right? It, it has energy. And when you have a lot, it's got this like effervescent bubbly energy. And when you're struggling with something, it has this like oppressive weight to it. I used to walk around when I was in college and say, I hate money. And then my dad pointed out, he was an accountant. My dad pointed out, I don't hate money. I hate the lack of money. Well, I think walking around saying I hate money actually kept money from coming toward me. <laughs> Right? You're pushing it away. You're saying, no, I don't want that thing. I want, don't want that thing that has the energy and I need it. And so I want to shift that up a little bit and I want to breathe into it and I want to say, okay, I need help and I need, and I need me to help me too. And I need spirit to help me and I need, I need a change in perspective. And so I breathe into that and I breathe into the expansiveness of the possibilities, the feeling it would be if my student loans were forgiven. So I had a moment this summer when I opened up my previous uh, loan carrier, my Fed loan, and I had a zero balance. And that was before I realized that Mohila had taken over and was like now my carrier. So it felt like for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it felt like the student loans had been forgiven. And I have to tell you, the energy of that was amazing. It was lighthearted and it was bubbly and I was crying. It was excitement and joy and I was shaking and it was beauty and grace and it was freedom. It was freedom. It felt so good. It felt so good. And I was like, if I could just stay in this energy, in this total elated moment of like, I would be okay. And it would all be okay. And then reality set in and I was like, I want to hold on to that feeling though. Even though I know Mahila has my, like has my loans, I want to hold on to that mm, yummy feeling of what it would feel like to have it forgiven. When I'm in meditation now, I try to enter the vortex and the spaciousness where anything can happen, where anything is possible, where 
dreams come true and miracles are the normal. And so when I'm in the vortex in, that's what Esther and Jerry Hicks call it. Um, Chris Duncan calls it the field. Um, I forget there's other names for it as well. The sweet spot, David G calls it the sweet spot. When you get into that space where anything is possible and it's all, and everything is probable and you breathe into it, it feels expansive and open and free and exciting. It feels exciting. And that, that is what I want. That is what I want to like bring more in and I want to cultivate more and I want to, and I want to sit in that openness and that bigness, that big breath, like you can get all the air in feeling. Now, is that always possible in certain circumstances? Like I brought up my student loans that make me feel this big and make me feel unimportant and make me feel unseen and make, make my, you know, all of that. And then on the other side, just breathing into hope and joy and goodness and love and realizing that this thing that makes me feel small is a very, very small portion of my life. And in fact, my student loans are not, do not define me. I am not defined by the fact that I've paid off over $75,000 and I'm still sitting on $83,000, right? That is not a definition of me. And so I just breathe into it. I breathe into how it feels and the possible and the potential for hope. And I don't know how this all turns out, right? Because I'm sitting in the middle of it. And maybe in 20 years, I do know how this all turns out. And I look back and I think, God, that like changed me because, and that helped shape me in these ways. And in other ways, I mean, I don't know, maybe when I'm 20 years from now, who knows what's going to happen and anything is possible. And so I sit in hope. I sit in hope that this podcast that you're listening to makes a bit of a difference, that somebody hears it that goes, wait a minute, she paid $75,000 on originally $63,000 and still has $83,000 to go. Like, this is a problem. And those aren't exact numbers. Like, it's all sort of rounded in my head. Looking at it and feeling hope and feeling joy and getting myself into a space, especially in meditation, where I go, this is not a definition of me. This is a small portion of my human life experience. And I'm using all of the things I've learned in the past 40 years for good, right? I'm working in a hospital. I'm creating social work your life. I'm stepping up and stepping out and saying, you know, these are systemic issues that are a problem and we're all facing those problems in different ways. And I wouldn't be surprised if a number of you are say, come write me an email that says amount borrowed, amount paid, and amount still to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if the amount still to go is significantly more than the amount borrowed and the amount paid. And that's a problem. And so I just want you uh, to breathe with me, right? I don't want, I don't know. You get to decide how you want to do that. I don't want to put a want on you, right? But like, 
frustration can be big and it can be hard and it can make you cry and it can make you feel a lot of things like worthless and hopeless and helpless and a whole bunch of other like negative words. But the truth is, I want to feel better than that. I want to feel better than that. And I choose to feel excited and I feel choose to feel joyful and I choose to feel hopeful. And I know that like sometimes hope is a bitch, right? Sometimes hope is a bitch and like lets you down. But I'd rather feel hope and feel bubbly and feel excited about potentials than to cut off any miracles by feeling glum and gloomy and sad. So uh, there are all of my twisted and warped thoughts <laughs> about student loans and where I'm sitting in them and the letter I just received that's sitting right over there on the table, right there, it's right there on the table from Mahila saying, well, you're not currently working for a nonprofit. And well, you're, you put in time that was like a long time ago, even though they said we could, and no, your loans aren't being forgiven. Well, okay then, on to plan C or D or E or F, because the universe is bigger than your no. And I look forward to seeing what the universe does with all of this. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I know you have a ton of options out there, and I am grateful for you being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you have a topic or question you would like me to go over, connect with me on socialworkyourlife.com. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon.